Thanks for joining us today for the Anchor Daily. We are reading through the books of Acts, learning about the early church and the unstoppable power of the gospel. Listen close as we dive deep into Luke's and Paul's accounts. Have you ever had a big task you're avoiding and suddenly discovered it seems like an ideal time to reorganize your closet? Or maybe it's an awkward in-person phone call. I know, people still do that sometimes. Crazy, right? Anyway, you spend more time thinking about who else could make the call, or if there's a way you could actually email or text, or maybe just write them a letter, or maybe you don't have to make the call after all. Meanwhile, during that time, you could already be done with the actual call. Procrastination. It's a thing. Maybe you're not the last-minute kind of person, but we've all been there, haven't we? This is Sarah Landon, and thank you for taking time out of your summer day to join me for a few minutes engaging with God's Word. I just love that we get to do this Anchor Daily thing together. If you procrastinated listening to this, I totally forgive you, and I'm glad you eventually made it. Today, we have the great privilege of taking some time to reflect on the book of 1 Timothy. It was written by our buddy Paul to his protege—can you guess his name? Yeah, Timothy. We have made it to the end of Acts, and can I just say, I'm so thankful for our physician Luke, who took such incredible records and gave us a play-by-play of Paul's travels and the acts of the Holy Spirit in the early church— We would be piecing together such tiny little scraps without it, and Luke lays it right out there for us. Well, that is until Paul's house arrest in Rome. After that, it's crickets. But guess what? Paul gets out of house arrest. Yay! But since Luke's done with his account, we're a little sketchy on the specifics. Paul was back on the road again, and we know from the first verses of our text that he's been headed to Macedonia. It's unclear exactly where Paul was writing from. Was he on another missionary journey? Did he make it to Spain? Is he in Macedonia? We just don't know these things this side of heaven. But we know he's seen Timothy, and he's writing to him in Ephesus to shoulder a pretty heavy load. Verse 3 of chapter 1 states, As I urged you when I was going to Macedonia, remain at Ephesus. Was Timothy tempted to leave this troubled body of believers? Was it too much for him? Maybe he wanted to go out and evangelize, but Paul is instructing him to stay. See, false doctrine was creeping into the Ephesian church. They've moved past the question of whether the Gentiles need to be more Jewish and follow certain laws, and now they're hung up on all sorts of other things. Those Ephesians are a chatty bunch, talking about philosophies, vain discussion, gossiping, and being led astray by false teachers and their own sinful desires. I think Paul's buddy Tim is ready to pack his bags. Timothy used to travel with Paul to share the good news. Maybe rather than face the big task at home, Paul was tempted to busy himself doing other things like evangelism something good, but not what Paul saw was most necessary. We can make all sorts of speculation, but at the end of the day, we know that Paul urged him, but didn't command him, to stay. 
Don't procrastinate, Timothy. Stay the course. Do the hard thing. Paul had reason to believe that Timothy could do it, too. In Philippians 2, 20-22, Paul says of Timothy, For I have no one like him who will be genuinely concerned for your welfare. For they all seek their own interests, not those of Jesus Christ. But you know Timothy's proven worth, how as a son with a father, he has served with me in the gospel. Timothy was young, but experienced. He was kind of Paul's shadow for about 20 years and really took the teaching to heart so much that in the first letter to the Thessalonians, Paul says in chapter 3, verse 2, And we sent Timothy, our brother and God's co-worker in the gospel of Christ, to establish and exhort you in your faith. Timothy not only led the dynamic Ephesian church, but he was sent elsewhere to teach, establish, and exhort. That's a pretty solid resume. So what did Paul ultimately call Timothy to do if we had to sum it up? Well, I actually don't have to sum it up because Paul does that for us in chapter 1, verse 5, where he says, The aim of our charge is love that issues from a pure heart and a good conscience and a sincere faith. And maybe you're tempted to skip over that and get to the real meat. But I'd like to read that one more time, because this isn't just Paul saying to go teach them to be nice, blah, blah, blah. Listen closely to this calling and see if this isn't an apt goal for each of us. The aim of our charge is love that issues from a pure heart and a good conscience and a sincere faith. We honestly don't even have time for vain discussion and gossiping and conspiracies if we're truly committed to love that issues from a pure heart and a good conscience and a sincere faith. Am I right? So, my Anchor Daily friends, Paul's going to go into a lot of specifics about how to lead a healthy church and avoid some pitfalls, but at the end of the day, we can always come back to this one aim. Let's not procrastinate. Let's go do it. Would you pray with me? Lord, thank you for Paul's heart, his leadership, his example, and his great instruction to the church for all time. Let us have ears to hear. Let us understand what he means to say to the Ephesians that we would know your heart and learn to serve you better with love that issues from a pure heart and a good conscience and a sincere faith. Amen. Thanks for joining us today. Listen tomorrow as we encourage each other through God's Word. If you haven't already subscribed, please do so because we would love to continue to grow with you. We'd also like a chance to connect further with you. If you go to Bethel.ch, you can find all sorts of ways to serve, worship, and learn together.